Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This show is liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Always has been, always will be about principle. Principle, guys. Principle. So, this is J.C. J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann Hall. We are uh, we are boarding a plane soon to um, take Dr. Hall to several events where she will speak and teach, uh, and so will I at some of these places. So looking forward to that. We'll be in uh, Oklahoma soon. We'll be in Idaho soon, then Virginia, several places before we before we get back. So I'm going to fill in. So Dr. Hall is um, taking care of several things before we have to to uh, get out of here. So not able to be with us today. So this will be a little short show, but I hope it'll be both informative and entertaining. So we'll get right to it. One of the one of the things on the um, radar, of course, and, and in the news, been constant uh, discussion has been the nomination of potential Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. And how that process will go down, when when it'll go down, if it'll go down, uh, who's going to support it, who's not going to support it. And the continual liberal leftist freak out about her nomination, the religious bigotry that's on full display. And now add to that, uh, and then, of course, the abortion, uh, abortion and pro-life, all, the, all that argument, that freak out, right? Just the same, but same old stuff, same old stuff. It's always the same. Always the same attacks, always the same narrative. Uh, if it's a if it's a man, that's the nominee, right? Potential Supreme Court justice. Then you can add you add the element of um, his mistreatment of women, rape, uh, misogyny, sexual harassment, um, uh, colorful comments, whatever. So you have to add that element. So she doesn't have that one. Which I don't know why isn't I mean isn't that kind of um, sexist? So where are the ad- allegations of Amy Coney Barrett harassing a man, uh, or sexually assaulting a man, or 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 another woman for that matter? Which I don't understand how you even put forth that sort of narrative these days from the left because I thought there were no genders or there's 120 genders or I mean how how is any of that even legitimate credible argument? to say something about some gender versus another gender and how this gender ought to be treated when I thought there were no genders. It's just like the tweet from Kate, what's her name the other day, the blue, blue check Kate, uh, saying that men are telling women that they're, they are uh, less than dogs and um, children because we open the door for them. That, that, that's what we're saying. Um, I think that goes some of that goes back the liberal lunacy has been created by the educational system. Some of that goes back to the uh, the level of illiteracy, right? The di- and I think of in English the difference between infer like infer and imply. So she's saying uh men men are men opening the door for women are saying that that uh women are less valuable and lower than dogs whatever. No, that's her that's what she's inferring. So, right, you read, you're reading that into the action. No woman, no man has ever opened the door for Blue Check Kate and said, I'm opening the door for you because I think you're less than a child. 
I'm opening the door for you because you're just a pathetic, weak little woman. That's never happened to her because that's not why men open the door for women. They open the door for the opposite reason. It's just it's just a gesture of we respect we respect you. We think you're valuable. We love women. Women are great. Uh, women are precious. Women ought to be shown decency and politeness. And you know this is this is just a way. It, it, it's just a convention. It's a social convention as a way of transmitting that message. Same as buying flowers. So the husband buys flowers not because oh you're you're too weak and pathetic, lady. To go to the store and buy rootstock and dig a hole and plant it and water it and feed it and grow roses. You're so pathetic that somebody else has to grow them and I got to go to the store and buy them. So, I'm, so I thought I'd set them here on the table to demonstrate to you how pathetic you are at not being able to produce your own roses. That's the lefty thought process. Uh, no, that's not what that means. That may be your lunatic inference, but no man is implying that. So all that kind of stupid stuff. So, so then, you know, the lunacy, the lunacy of the left. But back to the original premise. So then how, how, could, how could Blue Check Kate say, you know, this is what men should do to women or should not do? When there is no man or woman, how, how, does her, how does her objection even make any sense? Because every other tweet in her world is there is no gender or there's whatever you want to be. Who do, who do I know that I'm not supposed to open the door for or I'm supposed to open the door for when I don't know what you're identifying as today? Because would that be the same implication if I open the door for a guy, which many of us do? Like, here's the thing. You open, you hold the door open for the next person coming behind you or the person coming up. You open the door before going in. I mean, I don't, I'm, I open the door for men, women. I mean, any, so basically here's the person coming behind and I'm holding the door for them. I don't go, oh no, sorry. You have a penis. <laughs> Slam the door. I don't hold the door for you. But you have a vagina, so I'm opening the door for you. I, I, right? Nobody, nobody's thinking that way except the leftist. Everything in the lefty world is skin color and genitalia. That's their whole world. It's crazy. So, and then, and then the, uh, the, the whatever segment of it is that we base our whole, entire worldview on genitalia, then while at the same time saying genitalia has no significance. It's actually just what you what you decide in your mind what you want to be. So you magically make the genitalia disappear and then you can be, um, you know, a Toyota. So uh, how any of that makes any sense to even to even broach those arguments is is beyond me. By the way, none of that was in the notes. I don't know where that came from, but I'm glad I got it off my chest, my breastless chest. Um, I guess I do technically have breasts, but I don't have female breasts because I'm not a female. It's in the DNA. It's, it's in the blueprints. It's just the way they came. You know, I mean, God made the blueprints and mom and dad carried them out, right? And then, boom, the process that God created to bring forth that person. Hey, it just follows the blueprints. It's there. It's your DNA. I didn't choose that, and I can't think it away. And you can chop off all the body parts that you want to chop off, but you can't imagine your DNA 
into a different reality. It, it just is, just is. So anyway, all that's bonus for today. Let's get back to the Amy Coney Barrett freakout. So the freakout now, right, besides all the standard stuff, there's another piece of any um, conservative, for lack of a better term, conservative nominee is going to be guns. Guns. Scary guns. Guns. <laughs> guns. Okay, so here's the article from NPR. Now watch this. Why are they bothered by this radical, dangerous, outrageous position of Amy Coney Barrett on guns? <laughs> guns. So what is her position on guns, really? What, what is the scary part? Gun control groups, NPR says, voice grave concerns about Supreme Court nominee's record. Record. Like she cut a record? She's a singer now? No. Her judicial record, her opinions. And what, what are her opinions? What, what is it that bothers the left so much about her position on guns. Let, let's let's jump right to it because they're taught they're basically saying she does not agree with her alleged mentor. She can have a different opinion than her mentor. Well, what did her mentor, Justice Scalia, say that she doesn't agree with? Well, they say that Justice Scalia says that the uh, protections for public safety are reasonable um and so you know some of the checks and backgrounds and withholdings and bans and all this stuff it's okay they say that justice scalia says but amy coney barrett doesn't support any of that well actually they're very specific so here's the example the seventh circuit case Cantor v Barr. watch this involved a man convicted of one count of mail fraud and, and I guess we need to do, we need to do, I, I need to do the thing again, because mail fraud, mail, mail fraud, mail fraud, <laughs> mail fraud, is this crazy thing. So mail fraud means you're a felon. Mail fraud. Scary mail fraud. So they're saying... She writes this 37-page dissent, bringing up the history of the Second Amendment and history of, of punishing convicted felons. And in essence, Barrett concluded that historical precedent, precedent led to the conclusion that only people convicted of dangerous felonies should lose their right to keep and bear arms. So if you've used your weapon, if you've, if you've committed violence against someone, then you should lose your right to keep and bear arms uh, in that case or as a result of, of being convicted of that. And she says, it, but if it's not a violent case, you should be able to petition and get your rights back. You, you should have your rights restored. This is a natural right that has nothing to do with the crime that you're accused of, which was nonviolent, not involving a gun. So it's completely radical. For the lefties, that a person who committed <laughs> mail fraud should have guns. Right? Really? Really? 
Because, I mean, what is, what, is, what is mail fraud exactly? You think of all the things that you could possibly be convicted of mail fraud for doing. Like you've, you gave some, you sent some false brochure advertisement or sold something that was not what you claimed it could be. And you sent that advertisement through the mail. You sold that product through the mail. And you're convicted of mail fraud. So you should have your your right to keep your arms stripped from you because you sent out a false advertisement through the mail. And Judge Barrett says, no, that's crazy. That doesn't line up with history. That's crazy talk. The punishment doesn't fit the crime. That's absurd. Here's a 37-page exegesis of the history surrounding that and the proof to support this very reasonable assertion that a nonviolent crime should not for the rest of your life take away uh, a natural right. And the lefties goes, that's scary. She is so dangerous. Right? So come on. You got to go to college to get that stupid. What's wrong with the left? By the way, how is that? How is that? uh, How is that even a political thing? Do you know how many Democrats we know of that have committed mail fraud? So it's not even a left-right issue. This is just common sense. You know, I mean, unless, unless you've crafted a, the mail envelope, you know, and you've sharpened the edges of the envelope to a, to a razor's edge, which I guess it's that way anyway. So you, you, you've run around like you rolled up into, I don't know, a kindergarten class and committed mass murderer with, through paper cuts from an envelope. Okay, then, then maybe that, if that's, if that's mail fraud, I don't know if that's, that's mail murder, that's murder by mail, I guess, not even the same thing, but you, know, you, you're not ki- you didn't kill somebody with mail fraud, you didn't commit violence against anybody with mail fraud, and then of course they leap to uh, a corollary conclusion, right, uh, where is it, some, some, somewhere here, and she says, you know, neither the convention proposal nor historical practice supports a legislative power to categorically disarm felons because of their status, simply because their status of felons. This goes back to what we've talked about, that, you know, you can you drive without a license twice in Florida. You're a felon. Now you can't have guns. It's crazy. It, it doesn't match. This is what she's talking about. Just this category of felony. Everybody. No. How about we restrict that to violent? felonies is all she's saying that sounds perfectly reasonable to me but then they jump to this this corollary uh that uh where is it here that she she doesn't even you know it remains to be seen or she doesn't say about uh those who have committed domestic domestic violence right domestic uh yeah she pretty much did address that she says violence she said, committed violence, those who've committed violence. The word violence is in the term, domestic violence. What, what exactly are you missing? So that's the latest freak out. Keep an eye out for that. Some of, some of the Looney Tunes on the Senate Judiciary Committee will be pursuing this course of questioning. So as you watch that to entertain yourself when that happens, then listen up for, um, listen up for the questions about her say, uh, you know, felon. Do you think felons? Do you think felons should have guns? Do you think convicted felons should have guns? 
that's going to be like the line of questioning. Now, you don't what you don't understand, like what they won't say is uh, the particular felons that we're referring to are those who have committed <laughs> mail fraud. Mail fraud, bad guys. We're talking about mail fraud, bad guys. They won't say that. But the question will just be, do you think felons should have guns? And every and, you know, and then everybody will go, oh, that's so scary. She thinks felons should have guns. So that's coming. Uh, speaking of guns, what about this this militia thing? Um, alleged militia in right what they're they're saying the militia wanted to kidnap uh, Miss Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, and it's interesting as we were talking about I think uh, last show about the slander of m- militia, the term militia, and what a militia is and what a militia isn't, and so they're using it as as a slanderous moment. Uh, so. It is interesting that uh, Gretchen Whitner, Whit, 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 Whitty, not so witty, Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer, governor, that's governor to you, Mr. Hall, governor Whitmer is making this distinction between militia and what she calls domestic terrorists. So she says these guys are not militia, they're domestic terrorists, she says. Words matter. I don't know what that's about. That maybe she is trying to reach out to legit militias and and not lose their support, which I don't think she has their support anyway. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's probably not the function of a legitimate militia uh, to kidnap public officials. That's not. It's not necessarily what a militia's uh, for, right? So I don't know. And uh, I guess these guys who were who were militias or calling themselves militia, they felt like they were either either anarchists, like they're so they're just anarchists who, you know, believe in the complete dissolution of any kind of government at all, or th- I guess they had come to the conclusion that we have entered into the realm of revolution. And now it's time, it's time to have a revolution. It looks like was maybe their thought process. So it's just interesting. I just want to point that out. It's interesting that Governor Whitmer is making that distinction uh, that these guys are not uh, not not militia. Now, on the other hand, um, it kind of also leans it leans into that realm of now having. Uh, the govern governor and uh, you know different elected persons taking it within their own authority to say to to say what a militia is and what a militia isn't right. So does it open that door to go beyond to start saying, oh, you're not a legitimate militia, and maybe it's a ne- maybe it's another step in that slander. In so here are these guys, you know, they're violent. They wanna they wanna just kill public officials, and so clearly they're not a legit militia. So let's look at everybody else, and oh, they're violent too. So all now everybody who has the name militia, oh, with a wave of the wand, you're not a legitimate militia. This you're a domestic terrorist. So maybe that's maybe that's what's going. On. Maybe that's the messaging. Maybe that's at the root of it. So this kind of opening the door. Because it's 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 sort of death by definition, right? So you 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 get rid of something by 
taking control of the language, taking control of the definition of you can only be that thing if I say you can be that thing and by my definition. And and then because if you think about it, they can say, well, you know, militias, militias don't support violence. Because that, you know, that is a distinction that the left. I don't want to say doesn't get, but at least their narrative, con, you know, confuses or pretends like they don't get. I don't know. I think they do get it. But the difference between defense and violence, right? I don't, I don't, I don't own uh, weapons, right? I don't have firearms to to commit violence, right? That's not the root reason I have firearms. I have firearms to defend myself. Now, defending myself against violence takes violence. Understand, it's a violent method of defending. Uh, you know, it's, it is violence. But you guys understand what I'm saying. I, I don't have weapons because I want to be violent. I, I have weapons because of potential violence committed against me. And then I can answer that violence with violence to the extent that I need to stop it. But it's not because n- n- no, no... You know, no true patriot, no self-respecting constitutionalist is saying I have weapons because I want to initiate violence. I want to I want to just kill people. So uh, the right to keep and bear arms is not about initiating violence. It's about stopping violence. But. These guys like to control the narrative and blur the lines and then take that take those definitions into their own hands. So could that be what's going on? Uh, when she says this, because surely she can't be trying to appeal to, you know, her supporters who happen to be militia members, because I don't think any one of those exist. So there's that that I thought was interesting. Uh, last thing on a constitutional note, and Dr. Hall can talk about this more fully when she returns for certain. But. This is this has been sort of coming along really since the first day President Trump got into office. And that's this 25th Amendment conversation about the president's health and he's unfit and whatever, because it all started. It all started at the very beginning, even before he was president. When they started talking about his medical records, his physical and then even when he would release when even when he had uh a physical released and, and a doctor would say something, then they would shift and go, well, his doctor's lying. His doctor's just saying what Trump wants him to say. So there, there's never, it's never actually enough, right? So all of these are false pretenses. They're just, they're just pretense to let's lay a trap to trap president Trump to try to get him out of office. So just, that's just the constant, the constant technique. So it's really not about the substance of the argument in saying, is he healthy? Is he not? Is he not healthy? They, they, they don't believe that Trump is unhealthy. They don't believe that he has some sort of medical problem. Uh, this is just pretense because, you know, that's that's been from the very beginning. OK, hey, this this guy's not he shouldn't be in office. He's not physically fit. OK, I'll get a physical. Ah, he, he won't release. He won't release the results. Uh, you know, he's keeping them private. Clearly, he's hiding something. He's he's not physically fit. 25th Amendment. Then his doctor says, no, he's fit as a fiddle. He's 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 strong as a horse. You know, he he's carrying a little weight like most Americans. Hey, but he's he's healthy. Oh, well, that's not enough either. His doctor's lying. You know, Trump Trump's the puppet master and he's just making making his doctor say that. Um, 
you know, so like he could he could he could he could stand naked in the in the uh, in the rotunda and pass out blue gloves and bend over uh, with, you know, uh, for every Democrat leader in Congress. Uh, give give them a tube of KY and have them do a, a, a proctology exam or stick a camera up his rear end and they wouldn't be satisfied. They wouldn't be satisfied. Oh, Trump's controlling the camera. Oh, the the gloves are just substandard gloves, and you know I can't I can't feel any uh, polyps through these gloves because uh, because because Trump cut a deal with a Russian manufacturer and Putin made these uh, special gr- gloves with the technology to report favorable results when actually his butthole's eaten up with cancer, and we just know it. We just need the Washington Post to climb up there uh, and and find out. But, of course, then you'd have to get the Washington Post out of their rear ends first for for them to crawl up Donald Trump's rear end. So that wouldn't even work. But you could go through all of that. They're still not going to be satisfied. It's like negotiating with terrorists. So it really doesn't matter. So this whole 25th Amendment narrative is pretense, and it continues. And so now Pelosi is trying to take it. Uh, a step further, just just up the game and uh, ratchet this thing up constantly. Uh, so she wants to this this article from ABC News and she's she's unveiled legislation Friday that would allow Congress to intervene in the 25th Amendment of the Constitution, remove the president. So she wants this commission, um, you know, to determine uh, the health of the president. Uh, can she do that again? I'm, I'm not the I'm not the constitutional attorney. Uh, I'm just married to one. Uh, but interestingly, as you know, anybody could search. And if you if you, uh, you know, are an English speaker, you could read this. So the, the 25th Amendment, when we look through it in case section one, in case of the removal of the president from office uh, or of his death or resignation, the vice president shall become president. So it's a line of succession, which why is why this was a stupid question. Uh, from Silly Susan the other night at the vice presidential debates. Have, have you just have you had a conversation uh, with uh, the, the, the president? If something should happen to them, what what do you what you guys are going to do? Uh, we don't have to have that conversation, Silly Susan. It's section uh, one of the 25th Amendment. We already know what to do. Section two, whenever there's a vacancy in the office of vice president. So this talks about vice president. The president nominates a vice president should take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of the House, both houses of Congress. So if there's something happens to the vice president, uh, president uh, nominates that guy. Uh, Then it says whenever the president, section three, whenever the president transmits to the president pro temp of the Senate. And and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, his his notice this his written declaration that he's unable to discharge the powers uh, and duties of his office. And until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president. So this is a case in this case where the, the president's the one that's saying that says, I can't go on. I can't do it. I'm dying over here. And he's the one that lets he tells the Senate. He tells the House. I can't I can't do this. I'm out. And the vice president takes care of his duties. And then when the president is good to go, I'm healthy again. I'm back. I fought this. I'm a tough guy. Don't let this take. Don't let this destroy your life. Don't let it run your life. We got the best medicines. We're Americans. We kicked this thing's butt. I kicked its butt. I'm ready to go. He transmits that and says, I'm ready to go. Vice president gets out of the way. President gets back behind his desk and gets back to work. Now, 
Uh, what about this notion of a commission? Well, as I read it, section four, so you have the, the situation of the president dies, vice president steps in. That's pretty obvious. President says, I can't go on. He, he tells the Senate, tells the House, I can't go on. Vice president takes care of it. And then the president says, okay, now I'm good. I'm back. Tag out. Uh, now, section four, whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of, of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president, pro tem, the Senate, Speaker of the House, their written declaration, the president is unable to discharge powers and duties of his office. The president shall immediately assume powers and duties of the office of acting president. So you can have uh, a long, and this, as I understand, as I read this, it seems to say the vice president has to be part of this. So, you, so one, you can't make a separate body that excludes the vice president. Okay, this commission ha would have to have include the vice president because it says when the vice president and a majority of the principal offices, executive departments, or of such other body as Congress may may provide. So the president and this group or that group, either in executive branch or some other Congress created thing, uh, tells the Senate and the House that the that the president can't can't go on. Right. So so yeah, in theory she could. This law that she's proposing, yeah, that can that can happen. But here's the interesting thing about it. Uh, one, if I'm reading this correctly, seems that the uh, vice president has to be involved. But uh, but look at this. What 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 does Donald Trump do in that case? So what? Because here's the danger. The danger is you have this commission. Then it does it for political reasons. Like you could have from now until the cows come home. Every presidential uh, every presidential administration, this commission could be saying, "Oh, it's not fit," and you're out of here. Vice president, take your spot. Well, okay, so what? Because here's what happens. It says, thereafter, when the president transmits to the president pro tem of the Senate, Speaker of the House, his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the vice president and a majority of either principal office, executive department, such policies, Congress, made by law, provide transmit within four days to the president pro tem, blah, 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 written declaration that he's unable. So you'd have this back and forth. You have this political uh, reason say president you're out of here vice president take a spot then the president sits down and, and he's <laughs> he sends over a memo and says no i'm good i don't have any ability so then it, then within four days they have to vote and say no no uh you're not you're not able uh then then what happens notice the next bit so he's he says no i'm good and then four days, within four days, they say, no, you're not. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session, if the Congress, within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration, which is the president saying, I'm good, uh, if Congress is not in session in 21 days, blah, 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 blah. So determines by two-thirds of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the power and duties of his office. The vice president shall continue to discharge the blah, 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 blah. Right? So the president's going to keep going. So bottom line, uh, they say, you're unfit. president says, no, I'm good. Within four days, they say, no, you're not. Within 48 hours, they got to get together. And both the House and the Senate, by two-thirds, has to say, no, you're unfit. So as in this case, so as long as... Uh, in this case, the Republicans have the Senate not going to happen or or that that uh, the, or let's say it this way. The Democrats don't have two thirds or they don't have two thirds of the House. 
not going to happen. So if one party's not having two-thirds of the House, assuming everybody votes along party, party lines. So it's just, just a, this would be another uh, dog and pony show circus if you even entered into this process for illegitimate reasons, right? Unless if, if, the, if the president, because this is what it's made for, if the president is legitimately unable to perform his duties, then you're probably going to get a smooth process, right? He's going to say, he, they're going to say, dude, you have a problem. And, and if he says, no, I'm not, then they're, you're going to have evidence of, no, doctor saying, yeah, this is legit his problem. This guy's, you know, out of his mind and mentally incapable. He's lost it. He's sick. He's dying, whatever. Um, you know, and you're going to be able to demonstrate. He went, he went, we had this planned, we had this planned, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. But let's turn this around. Think about Joe Biden. Joe Biden has already demonstrated on the campaign trail. He's not even president yet. And he's already demonstrated that he's literally unable to perform. He's had to cancel engagements, take days off, take rest days. The guy, the guy has had to take nap days and totally do away with his schedule because he can't show up to campaign events. So you talk about 25th Amendment of a guy who's not able to, to carry out his duties. That's Joe Biden. We've already seen that. We already have evidence of that. For Donald Trump, there's zero evidence. Zero evidence. The guy got sick. Are you saying when so somebody gets the flu, somebody gets the common cold, and they have to be at home for a few days because they can't go into work? Right. Because of a legitimate illness. OK, that may, may it may be it. It may have been appropriate in this case for the president to say, hey, these guys are saying I'm going to be in bed to rest for three days. All right. So, Mike, I want you to take it for three days. I'll be back in three days. Then the president transmit that to everybody. Three days are over or a week, whatever. He's on bed rest. And then he transit. Hey, flu's over. Covid's over. Whatever's over. I'm good. And he's back. Big deal. That's what the process is. Is, is for but what exactly has president donald trump not been able to do what function has donald trump not been able to carry out none zero there there is nothing like that has happened nothing not one single incident of president trump not being able to do something but on the contrary joe biden has literally, factually said, I can't do it today. I can't go on. I know I have campaign events scheduled, but I can't make it. <gasps> Elizabeth, this is the big one. I'm coming to see you. No, no, Joe, it's it's just a campaign event. No, no, I, I'm dying over here. I can't make it. I can't do it. Tell them I'm taking the day off. I can't do it. We already have that. That's happened. That's happened. So, wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. Democrats. Wrong guy. We, we know the guy that's been unable to perform his duties. What, what's what's going to happen? What is going to happen when... When Joe has the weight of the world on his shoulders, 
I mean, presidents come out. This is like historically presidents come into office with no gray hair. They leave totally gray, totally gray. We know the stress of public office. And you want to talk about performing your duties under fire, performing your duties under stress? Now, this is not this is not a Trump worship statement. This is just an observation of reality. Because, again, we're about principle. This is not I'm not blowing smoke up your butt about Trump because I want you to love Trump. I'm going to treat I'm going to treat Donald Trump fairly like anybody else, which is my point. This is this is this is totally biased. This is this is a total a total uh, politically motivated garbage. OK, so you talk about somebody performing their duties under fire, under stress. This president, this president, Donald J. Trump has shouldered more attacks, more stress, more burdens than any, just about any president, than maybe Abraham Lincoln, any president in the history of this country, this guy has been under attack. Notwithstanding, you know, those presidents who have literally been in war on the battlefield, you know, George Washington or somebody like that, I'm, you know, actually going you know, literally leading troops or, or, or whatever, having to deal with that kind of thing, right? Uh, Johnson and, 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 and Kennedy at, at war. But, I mean, Trump's had to deal with all the wars that were started by Bush, getting us out of that. Uh, the, the, the additional wars that President Obama apparently received the Nobel Peace Prize for starting. Um, you know, all that stuff. I mean, come on. So, yeah, wrong guy. Give me a break. Give me a break. Joe Biden can't even handle campaigning. And you're telling us President Trump is not physically able to perform his duties. You, you've got to be joking. And I'm not trying to mock. Uh, I'm not trying to mock anyone. But. Joe, Joe looks terrible. Joe looks terrible. I want to I want to I want to magnify this. I'm not trying to I'm not, I'm not trying to speak ill, but here's here's a thing. In the ministry, you know, as a as a preacher, as a pastor, you end up doing a lot of funerals, you know, end up end up on a lot of sick bed, dealing with dealing with people on their way out. And I'm telling you, there's this there is this kind of glow to a human being. There there is a noticeable uh, vitality when that vitality right that life force begins to wane i mean you can see it you can you can literally see it i've seen people in uh you know in congregations people in families people that I, i've known and and you you kind of see even if they've not reported anything like they've not said i'm sick i got this i got that there there are those moments where you literally see that 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 moment of transition where boom that vitality leaves their skin their face and particularly their eyes and what i've thought about as the death eye like i've seen i maybe other people in the ministry or other you've worked in hospitals you've worked in nursing homes that kind of thing that that look that look in the person's eye of this waning vitality guys that is what joe this was on one of his campaign he looks awful to me, and he has that look. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of. I'm not. I'm not poking fun at Joe. I'm saying this, you know, 
just observationally out of con- I'm concerned for this guy. I'm concerned for America. It, it, honestly, it would be the same for me if Joe Biden was the Republican nominee and he was the liberty guy, conservative guy, but he's on his last legs. I'd be saying the same thing. Like, look, I like this guy. I support all of his policies. I believe I believe he's on our side. I believe he's on the side of the Constitution, but I don't know about it because he's going to leave us in the lurch because he looks like he's on the way out. That's how Joe Biden looks to me. I'd be saying the same thing if, if the guy were in, an, in another party. So I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm really concerned that if Joe Biden wins the election, we're, we're going to be in that place of we're, we're going to need the 25th Amendment in that case. I think if Joe's elected because he just I mean, he has that look. Look, President Trump just he just got smacked with covid. Three, four days later, you see the guy. They say he's gasping for air or whatever. But then he gives a press conference. He's doing everything. He, I mean, you look at the guy. The guy doesn't look like he's dying. He doesn't look like his vitality is leaving him. He doesn't have the death eye. Joe Biden doesn't even have, have COVID. He's got a mask on 24-7. He it was probably in a hermetically sealed chamber to do this ad that we just saw the picture of. Because he's got a mask every freaking where. He's he's not he's not ill that we know of. He has no known illness and he looks like he's dying. This is what Joe looks like to me. So totally totally upside down. Upside down. You're talking about Trump can't can't do his job. So just another political attack nonsense. Total 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 garbage. But par for the course for Pelosi, par for the course for these out of control Democrats. I don't ever, you know, and you can't expect them. You don't expect them. They're never going to get back to arguing on arguing on the merits, being objective, having policy disagreements. No, it's it's personal. We hate you. Vitriol, nonsense. The, guys, that's, that's the way it's going to be till Jesus comes. These people are not going to change, and that's what this is all about. So more crap from these lefties in Congress and their, their, their uh, fearless leader, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Garbage. Total garbage. But so this is the narrative that you'll continue to see, continue to hear, and nobody will point out, hey, Joe looks like he's on his deathbed. Let's help this guy out. Do do something. Which is why I think they're running him. I think they're running him because he's a sock puppet that they're going to control. And uh, then when he's then when he's not there, they'll have complete control. So it's a setup, Joe. You're being set up, Joe. 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 I'm just trying to help you out, buddy. I'm not trying to attack you. You're being set up, bro. You're being set up. You're being set up. You know, I, maybe it's a noble thing. You think you can do some good stuff in the last days, but they're using you, bro. They're using you, man. They're hoping you're not going to last. You're a stooge. For the radical left. And if you're not one of them, which you claim not to be, then I feel sorry for you, bud, because you're being used by the radical left, who you say you're not part of. And a lot of people are voting for you because they 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 believe you. They think you're blue dog Democrat or you know, middle of the road conservative Scranton guy. But you're being used as a stooge. For the left. Get out before it's too late, Joe.
Get out. Save your dignity. Don't plunge the nation into catastrophe. Don't do it, Joe. Withdraw. Retire. Go sit on the lake in Scranton. Catch catfish. Play with your grandkids. Enjoy your last few years, Joe. Don't let them set you up, man. Don't do it. Don't be known as a stooge for the left. Don't be the guy that is the door that opens for the incoming Marxist. Don't be that guy, Joe. So, we'll see if he listens. God bless, guys. See you next time.